And it's about the abstract expressionists, the women who were right there next to the men the entire time and how they did not get their, their due, that they fought tooth and nail to try to get their due. Welcome to the Stolen Hours Podcast. Conversations with known and unknown creative or passion-driven people whose mild-mannered alter egos range from postal workers to teachers to salespeople to moms and dads to husbands and wives just getting life done, but in a creative way. The following is episode 15, The Artist the art professor, Andrea Geller. All right, just uh, building our community of artists here with all these guests, uh, very fun. And I also want to recognize the artists who directly have supported the podcast. As always, if you're digging the tune, it's by Jay Agnish. Check out his music online. Also want to say thanks to Melissa DeMarco Park, who's helping us design a logo and some new uh, merchandise coming available. And as always, Mike Ferrari, thanks for the original cover art. So enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. As always, uh, follow us on Instagram at the Stolen Hours Podcast and art.com. Enjoy. Today, my guest on The Stolen Hours is the New Jersey-based painter and art professor, Andrea Geller. After studying painting for two years at Cornell, she earned a BFA from Parsons School of Design. And following a career as an illustrator and graphic designer, she earned her MFA from Liam Patterson University. She's known for her paintings of the figure, both on land and in water. And her work is currently on exhibition in a show called Something Blue at Emerge Gallery in Socrates, New York. She also has an upcoming solo exhibition in New Jersey of her pool paintings at Harmony Brookside Gallery. Her painting entitled Floating was selected by the U.S. Ambassador to Greece for the U.S. Embassy in Athens. What a cool thing. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you, you, Dennis. Thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. Yeah, no problem. It's fun. It's It's been a real ball doing this and interviewing people like you so you know this is it this is it so tell us more about this how 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 did you get your painting in Athens Greece (laughs) yeah right um to be honest I'm not exactly sure how the curator found my work and I just got this email you know how you get a lot of emails and you're just not sure which one to follow up Uh, well that one I did and um yeah they were the U.S. government was very professional. They, um, you know, packaged it well and shipped it off to Greece, and it was ex- on exhibition there. And I was invited to the opening, <laughs> but I didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's great. So, is it still there? No, um, they do have, uh, you know, um, like a set time frame, and I, okay. it might be when the unit when the ambassador leaves his office. I'm not exactly sure, but I did get it back. Nice. That's great. That's great. Very cool. Well, congratulations on that. That's a fun, <laughs> someone emailing you just <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh, okay. Right. I'm waiting for that email. I haven't gotten that email yet. <laughs> you know, I think part of it, what I've learned is that you, you put your, your stuff out there. 
And you yeah. really don't know who is watching what at when. Yeah. So the more you kind of explore and with this, you know, this new way of doing things with social media, it's a whole nother learning curve for me. Sure. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, so you've been doing this a while. So you you got your BFA right out of high school? Is that how that went? I did. Well, I, you know, I I had interest in history, I had interest in math, and I had interest in art, and I, yes. I couldn't decide. And so <laughs> I went to a university because I figured if it didn't work, I could always switch to another major and not leave my, you know, school, the college. Yeah. But ultimately, I realized I did like it. It's just the program wasn't good. And me, along with everybody else in my year, left in sophomore year. And we just moved on to, um, many of us went to art schools. And I ended up at Parsons uh, School of Design. And by accident, I just decided if I want to really learn how to draw and paint, I better be in an illustration department, not a fine art, because fine arts okay. weren't really teaching skill. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, so that's that. I, you know, there's some level I do, I do wish I had done the same because I wanted to, yeah, just learn better technique and things. And uh, right. there was a lot of philosophy and concept. And I was like, wait, where's the, where's what am I paying for? <laughs> I could do that already. <laughs> So you, you did you find yeah because you're you're younger than me but did you find that skill wasn't necessarily being taught? Yeah, I mean there was a few pointers I got from professors. Definitely was composition was taught and they're thinking about that. But it was you know in terms of like learning, especially painting, the the you know underpainting was something that was slightly introduced, but not really. You know it it just just not really. I just was kind of on my own, and it was all about the critiques and all about my concepts trying to come to life, which was great but not really a, a real technical education. Now, I learned how to make dark colors without black. That was the biggest thing I think I learned technically. So I, I actually decided to do photography because it was much more of a technical program. Uh, and it was you know, dark but, room. Yeah, but even that, I was kind of on my own. And my friends who were excellent at it taught me more than you know some professors. I, great professors. And thank, you know, thank goodness I went there and had that experience. Um, but I think, yeah, it was. I, I wish I had a little bit more of a technical experience. And there was professionals there who did it, but I just didn't find them, you know. And it, you know, great other things I learned, but <laughs> technical, I was like, right, where is the tech? right? And I was very, very fortunate. I'm so grateful to this day. I took a painting class with this uh, this uh, painter named William Klutz, and many of the painters, the painting teachers in the illustration department, were fine artists. They weren't illustrators, yeah. so. Yeah. He taught me something that is stays with me, and it's the thing I teach. So, if I hadn't learned it, um, yeah, so it was it was major. Tell us all your secrets right now. I mean, I'm ready for my for my undergrad education again. All right, uh, actually, <laughs> just one word. If you really want to know, sure, it's yeah. just relativity. It's nothing is anything by itself. It's the relationship of and color was what he taught. You know, yeah. I, I never thought of myself as a draftsman. I always thought of myself as a painter. And if as a painter, you know, you can focus on anything you want. But I, I gravitate to color. I see color. And yeah. so when he like he used to sit in the corner and just he never got off his chair, but he could see everything. And he would just yell out, you're just doing a run up photo of uh, a run up painting. You're not looking at relationship of colors. And so that was the training. That's great. That's great. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, 
Alejandro Andres, just interviewed him and I sent him some paintings and he said, he said, uh, you know, don't let the color run, run away from you. So it's kind of the same advice. Uh, <laughs> you know? Interesting. It's good. And he, and he likes my stuff that's uh, a little more monochromatic and you know, limited in the palette even. But, I, I wonder so. when you did photography, was it mostly black and white? Um, so I still do photography and now it's, you know, all color and digital. Um, but for sure, black and white was the thing, you know, I was doing in undergrad and I was taught, um, I never took the color class. I was taught by my friend, John Gellings, who's on the, on the list to be interviewed. Um, he was an f- excellent darkroom printer and he knew how to do color and he taught me how to do it. And that's what I ended up doing for my thesis as a color photography. So. Yeah. And color yeah. photography must be very challenging too, for the same yeah. reason. Exactly. So you are a professor. So what are you teaching at the university there? I have been teaching life drawing. Um, occasionally I do a watercolor class um, or an advanced drawing class. And, but life drawing is uh, a good fit for me because I'm a figurative painter and it's a subject that I never tire of, you know. So yeah. when I would gravitate to learning, it would always incorporate some form of the figure. and. So I teach it using the history, um, you know, starting with the Baroque time period with um, light source, directed light source, ah, and nice. then going through the 20th century. Oh, that's great. So you actually incorporate the art history into your figure drawing class. It's brilliant. I, I don't know how to separate the two. I mean, yeah. you know, students come in and maybe they're interested in animation, but they don't really know about the history of like even the cave art. Yeah. That I think is critical to knowing how we even got here, but they don't think like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great. So it's, it's, it's great that you have the understanding of that, the background in that, and you can teach the studio with the art history in the mix. I mean, it's kind of directly introduced. Oh, the two often cross over. I was just telling this to uh, another class I'm teaching actually asynchronously, which is a trip, but, we meet yeah. on occasion. And um, I was explaining how one whole day um, I was teaching drapery, I like studying drapery. It was a drawing class in the morning and a life drawing class in the afternoon. I just decided that was the focus of the day. At yeah. the end of the day, I had a, an aha moment. I said, I'm going to paint the glacier because what is a glacier? It, if it's not just, you know, form going in and out of space just like thought so it's it's just you know interesting how sometimes what i teach in class you know makes its way into the work well that's it yeah and part of this these conversations have always been about the um as my kids yell in the background (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're good so as as i uh as I think of, um, yeah, just this, the way conversations have gone. So we're talking about your, your career as a professor, but also your life as a creator and how those totally intertwine, you know, being someone who creates is essential, especially for and encouraged, you know, more than ever as being a professor, um, even part of the job is that and then back and forth, how that can benefit and, and really um, give you insight into your own work. It's kind of a beautiful relationship. Yeah, I bet you find it as well. I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes I feel like I give all my good ideas to my students. <laughs> well, I particularly remember the documentary for social change course that you took, uh, taught and how yes. significant that is for students. And my son just loved it. He just loved it. Yeah, and that's the secret. You are, that is our connection. And originally is your, your children being in my classes <laughs> and on my soccer team <laughs> and in my Odyssey of the Mind. Oh, my God. Um, my group. So we have a lot of fun connections through the years. Well, the Odyssey of the Mind, you gave me an understanding of my son that I didn't know because you once said you never saw anybody. It was about Adam. You never saw anybody work as hard as he did. But yes. he was so single minded. But I don't always you don't always see as a mother. You don't always see the side that others see. Yeah. Well, that's the other gift of my job is to be able to see that and be able to share that. Um and part of the, even recording this podcast, like the one with my brother, the first episode, which you said you listened to and was appreciated. My father listened to it and he's like, he's like, it gave me insight to who the both of you are on a whole nother level that I never knew before. Oh my God. And that was so interesting. And I was like, wow, this is how important this is, you know, to just re hit record and that documentary class. That's where our podcasting started in my life is having students do podcast style creations. And that's something that came years later. Um, and now it's even uh, still part of the course, you know, digital storytelling honors, it's called now. But that documentary for social change project is still there. But podcasting was I realized like that's a great form. And, I, and it's not something the kids are familiar with because they're not us, you know, <laughs> listening to this. It's like I always complained about my father uh, listening to talk radio. And that's all, all I do is listen to people talk now. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you see, you bring that up. I'm not auditory. So it's hard for me to kind of process when people talk to me. We once took a, a drive to Niagara Falls with Harry Potter in the car. And I didn't hear yeah. a word of it for oh, wow. like eight hours. But that said, when I drive to one of the campuses, I listen to NPR and their uh, talks. And if it's about crea a creative you know, writer or an artist, I'm right there listening. So yeah, I guess it great. depends on what the subject is. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, it's if you're if you're tuned in or not, it's like it's like our students. Like if they're interested, they're right there. That's, <laughs> that's true. Great. That's great. Yeah, so that's that's interesting too. So you know, and Harry Potter. That's another. That's probably my introduction to listening to books on books on CD or books on tape. You know, audio books, and uh, that's what made my son, who didn't like to read, want to read was that first Harry Potter book. Wow, you know, listening to it on the way to Florida. <laughs> wow yeah and then he was like oh okay this was a good book i'll read now and that's now you can't stop reading <laughs> well, so it's kind of neat. that's amazing that's all you yeah. really want right for them to be able to seek information out yeah yeah so so as as you're you know in your in your life as a mom i wonder how much you, your your kids saw you creating as they grew up I, you and know I've, go ahead sorry i know i've seen I, I think it was a picture your son took of you creating art in the backyard I, in one of his projects oh uh, yeah that. he had well it was during your class he he decided he was going to um interview i don't know if who it was but i was part of it and um he told me to just do what i do and yes and i thought that was really interesting because you never get to see yourself doing it <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember it just clicked in. I remember it was a great. So you're painting and you're talking while you're painting. It was a brilliant little interview. 
Yeah, he he is. I feel like he's like a mini me. Um, because like we'll be just walking and we don't have to talk. We just see exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. And it it's a little eerie. But <laughs> but um what I didn't realize, this is actually very interesting. So my dad was very creative and he my parents lived uh in non traditional roles. My mom worked uh like eight to five in a, in an office, but she was like in a male dominated role as a buyer. And my dad uh, had his own business, um, maintenance, and he was home by eight in the morning, nine in the morning. So he was home all day. So yeah. I never saw life as being traditional. And when they would just, you know, do things, it was always like they play, they would work hard and play hard. And so, um, when I would start to do stuff with my kids, um, I never thought, oh, now I'm going to do my painting. I would just see what they were doing and say, okay, I got 10 minutes. I got an hour. <laughs> Let me just use it. And, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't want to take over, but what, what happened was um, fast forward. So I originally graduated from Parsons and became an illustrator and a graphic designer, first on staff at a magazine. And then I got bored very quickly, actually left before uh, the Macintosh was what's in the office I could have learned it but I I couldn't stay and then I so I just developed this whole like freelance career which I wanted to put into place before I started a family so I was planning but when the twins came along I could no longer even function and like my whole life just kind of stopped and nobody (laughs) can tell you that you know like it's working it's working and then it's it's not so yeah. I was losing my mind and Carl, my husband, of course, who I met at Parsons and who was part of the reason why I was able to lead this kind of creative life because he never put any you know, boundaries up for me. Um, he, he got me to start taking classes at a local art center. And I, I, within a year, I'm showing now and I'm back into the fine arts. And I'm like, what is this illustration anyway? <laughs> and <laughs> then he got me, he was already teaching at Bergen Community College. So he's, he got me an interview. He got me the job. And now I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't teach. And so it was like the roads just kept kind of moving because of the children. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And Carl's wonderful. I'd we went to get our MFAs together. So there's another connection between us. Yeah. <laughs> another way you can't get rid of me. <laughs> exactly. I, that's right. I think he was the first time. He, he knew you more than I did. And it was because of yeah. those classes. Was there pretty? Sure. Impact. And he was, he's, he's fully an interesting artist and talent, you know, that, that I appreciate too. Maybe I got to interview him next. Yes. His, <laughs> his mind. I will tell you, honestly, yes. as an illustrator, I, I figured out the technique that would work best for me. Originally, it was linoleum cuts, because okay. with that, you had to yeah. make a decision. You either had it or you didn't. And yeah. since line was so hard for me, I, I like forced myself to learn it, because I didn't learn how to do line in, in art school. I had to teach that to myself. But anyway, I would do these sketches and, um, you know, he would look at look at what I did and just do one thing that turned good to brilliant. Yeah. Every time. That's a great collaboration, then. That's nice. Yeah. I. I mean, I'm. I. I it would never. It, you know, I would have continued working, but it, he always made it. So I always felt like he was always part of the work. You know. Yeah. 
Does that happen with your paintings? Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it does. Like when I was doing the paintings at the art center and I was just, oh, really, I was just using it as an escape at that point. I'd come home with these, these big, they were large, 30 by 40, and they were figurative. And he'd say, after about three months, he said, I don't get what you're doing. I'm like, what are you talking about? So what? So you're painting the figure in that room. What are you doing? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, so that was it. That was like, okay, let's do something else. <laughs> yeah, see, but he knows when not to come too close. He knows when I need some space. Yeah, that's great. It's great. <laughs> so what did that comment do for you? What did, what did it make you do? You're just like, well, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> no, I mean, because I'm a formalist. I really yeah. do love just making the picture work. As yeah. for the idea, I, I don't really, you know, when I was in uh, illustration classes, I would have to do something political and I did things on the Mideast. I always did it. But yeah. I don't find that, I think the idea comes through the paint. More, sure, you sure. know what I mean? And it's really figure ground, right? So figure on the ground. And that's so that formalism. And there's almost a, to your paintings an abstraction that occurs because of the the water and then the figure. You know, it's this figure ground, really. Right, and also just so it's just the way you put the brush to the surface that is sure. the content. Yeah. So I once I realized, well, it was through the MFA program that I really figured all that out. And you did that at William Patterson, right? I did it at William Patterson. I was in the I was the first class of the MFA. Okay. And that's exciting to go into something that wasn't there before. Yeah. And watching it. So as I was already teaching. So when I was watching the teachers, I wasn't just thinking, what are they teaching? I was saying, how are they teaching? And yeah. that was really helpful. Were you doing the same? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, you know, I also got my MFA, as you know, at William Patterson, and it was, it was the only MFA program part time. And I said, I don't want the teacher degree; I want the artist degree. So I got my took me five years part time, but it was it was great. Yeah, that, I would say the things I learned there. I, you know, um, Professor Brown, you know, just how, what a good listener. And when he would critique, he would just put back to you exactly what you just said you wanted, and uh, that was a brilliant critique moment for me just realizing okay he, he let me speak um he had basically did it like an interview and then with that is how how it informed his critiquing and i was like what a brilliant little thing there that was really nice he was brilliant oh my god yeah. did he get he got it all like so fast too right yeah he got yeah. you as a person he got you in terms uh -huh. of content yeah but yeah, so did absolutely. Professor Andreas. I mean, I have yeah, to say, well, too, so. the triad was, was, and, you know, there was a lot of uh, relationship, uh, you know, it wasn't just one person saying it, it was also kind of reiterated in another way. Yeah. So David Horton, you know, Jane, uh, Charles Magistro. Charles Magistro. Uh, Professor Andreas, Alejandro. You know, it's interesting. I, I only think I took two classes with him, Alejandro. So I didn't really, you know, but I knew we connected, you know, and he, he told me, he's like, he's like, oh, I don't do thesis advising anymore because <laughs> I asked him because I was like, this guy has to be my, yeah, my, my advisor, one of my advisors. And, uh, and he said, no. And I said, 
well, this is what I'm doing. It's about St. Francis of Assisi. And his eyes kind of lit up and he's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And we, 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 it was a big deal for, for that connection, for sure. You know, both of our loves of that guy. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. I think I don't think there's an artist that I, you know, adored that wouldn't be in the same camp for, um, uh, you know, Alejandro. And because um, I think because I think because of the humanist aspect of it, you know. Sure. Yeah. 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 He loves all that. He just recommended yeah, three artists. And I was like, oh. This is stuff I didn't. I didn't even, you know, MFA guy should know all these artists. <laughs> Alejandro being the art historian, he's like, check this out, check this out, and you know, of course, I knew Matisse, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, just seeing seeing new things it was so. Well, I'd like to see your your more recent work. I realized it's been a while. Um, sure, yeah. So it, yeah, DennisDeLeo dot com. Okay. Um, one, one of the links is the Stolen Hours podcast now, <laughs> so that's part of the art. Um, but there's photography up and also painting. So. Man, you're t- this is like you're turning the interview on me here. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is you know you're 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 the uh, you know for sure someone who can't help but be a, a teacher too. <laughs> you're going to give me advice, aren't you? <laughs> well, I think the whole point is is I'm just going to use the word. It's the journey. I mean, you just yes. don't want to say I don't know what to do now. Like for instance. Yeah. I get it. I I find my information from all sorts of sources. So I was listening to a really good uh, artist talk and I sent it out to a few of my friends and my friend actually caught it. And then he sent me aluminum panels because we were discussing how she was a lowest dot, how she was using Mm -hmm. aluminum panels. And I was like, you know, that's what's exciting. You just don't know where those connections are going to continue. Sure. Yeah. Just that little bit of information will open up a whole new, it's like getting a new guitar for the musician. Like I, all these new songs came huh? <laughs> when that new, new guitar came, you know, it's that, that new, yeah, that new idea. That's kind of wonderful. I did create, um, yeah, just community is part of it. Right. So having a community of artists that you know, even if it is through, a, you know, some sort of artist talk right? And just hearing and seeing and, you know, just connecting and connecting dots and then all of a sudden you're like oh onto the new thing which is nice and it never ends exactly that's true that's great it's great yeah so i will i will definitely appreciate your feedback and uh i the cool thing about these conversations too is i i realize i'm i'm making more than the uh people are that are somewhat my acquaintances it's like building these part of this expanded community for me too and and for and for for you as an artist coming on, other artists who are listening to this, or even musicians like you know who are looking for some new thing to kind of inspire their their creation, even if it's a writer, whatever it is, um, that's part of what podcasts have been for me, inspiring ideas. Even you know, like you said, NPR, you know, listening to Radio Lab, um, one of my favorite paintings ever made was based on a Radio Lab episode. You know. It's called uh, the Heart of Deterrence, and you could probably look up the Radio Lab episode to connect to that painting. You know, oh, that's <laughs> and so it's it's just kind of a a good world where, yeah, we're lifelong learners as artists and that's you know, true. People. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It just changes the form because okay. um, you know, just you asking me to do this made me think about questions i don't have the time for most of the time and even when i did have to do it you know to the mfa well that was a long time ago and i'm not the same person anymore and i don't think the same way 
Sure. So, like, one of the things you said that your dad was interested in hearing you guys or even didn't know about you that way. My dad, um, one time, like, he's no longer alive, but um, I remember him sitting in his black chair and he looked up at the illustrations I did in art school and they were of The Painted Bird by Jerzy Kaczynski. And he looked at me and he says, I didn't know you knew that. And that to me was just such a, a poignant moment. Like yeah. he got me and I now know it. And yeah. So yeah, you just don't know when you're going to make those connections. Sure, sure. And I think, you know, some of my artwork, you know, my parents, yeah, I don't know if they ever you know, it's it's really my my in-laws didn't understand. <laughs> but there was the day where I made the giant camera obscura and it was in the woods near William Patterson. And my mother-in-law looked, you know, I said, put your head in here. <laughs> and, and literally she put her head inside the camera obscura and she saw the sunset inside the box oh. upside down. And it was a great moment because she said, oh my goodness, I see the sunset in here. And it was this beautiful moment where I, I said, oh, you finally get my art. It was kind of nice. Oh know? my God. It was a, it was, yeah. It was about that moment for sure of of even I think it helped explain photography even why I think that's awesome is the camera obscure experience for someone where you understand how a camera's working you're like oh I get it and and it was a connection you know that that I thought was kind of beautiful because you know my abstract paintings are like what is that what is this I, know, what is that weird concept <laughs> totally I you know abstract is very hard for many people yes so yeah I, don't yeah, know. I mean and, and I go illustrative and I go representational, but even those, I get a lot of questions like, what does this mean? What is it about? And I'm like, I just experience it. Yeah. And I could tell you all day, I could talk for two hours about what it's about <laughs> because that even changes for me. <laughs> you know, it's so true because you talk about how the children, well, the children were all around me. I never wanted to not be with them. Yeah. So I, whatever I was doing, like my first, my thesis was about the bicyclists because where was I? They were on bicycles. And yeah. so was, I was right there. And that's when I discovered that when it wasn't the bicycle that I was interested, it was motion. The fact that yeah. move, they're moving, I'm moving, we're all in motion. And that really set me on the path. So yeah. what followed that was the water. And I actually, Carl was very good in terms of technology too. I mean, he taught me everything I could know about the computer, but he also, he would give me gifts like, um, you know, when we first married, a Polaroid camera. And I was like, really? But then I, I got it. Like, <laughs> I understood what he yeah. was trying, he was saying to me. He's like, yeah. and then, so it wasn't, by the time I got to working with a water, underwater camera, like I was old hat at understanding what do I need. And so one little story about water, um, I was painting water and of course my kids, but I you know, abstracted the figure. And at the end of the painting, they're very dark paintings. And I, I remembered that we were in the Pacific Ocean. My parents had took, taken us on a trip and the um, we were told it was a scuba, it was snorkeling trip. We were told that if, if you, if you got lost, if you, the water took you beyond the rocks, there's no way anybody's going to save you. Now I'm with my eight year old twins and my Ten and a half year old, almost eleven, and I'm thinking to myself, well, one of them was too scared, so he stayed on the, the boat. That was good. The other one was almost like an adult in my mind, so that was good. So I had the one in my hand, and then I didn't. He literally, I lost him. So when I found Carla, 
who was struggling himself, I said, do you have Adam? He says, no. And I'm like, oh my God. In that moment I said, no one, he's gone. And you know what that felt like. So I didn't realize it when I was making the painting, but all of that was in the the strokes. And that's why it has a very dark feeling to it. And I kind of revisited it and realized what that was all about. So it's not, so I never, I don't like to just force a concept on it. That's what I mean. Like it's through the, I put the music on, I go out there and through that, the idea is really kind of solidified. Yes. And you, and you found Adam, anybody who's wondering. (laughs) (laughs) I did. We left left Adam, he's lost. (laughs) Actually, it's funny because my, my husband thinks I embellish stories. This is how I remember it. When I finally found Adam, he kind of like, like got out of the water. He looked at me and he says, that was magnificent. Because he had just seen everything that was going on under the water. Yeah. Now, would he have known that word? I don't know. So maybe I do embellish. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, though. So, yeah, I think that's wonderful. So there is something about painting and how uh, it, it can get something out that's even hard to articulate. You know, you just told a great story. But to create the emotion of that thing, um, recreate it through words or, you know, it's difficult. So um, I remember uh, Dawood Bay, great photography professor I had and a, still a brilliant photographer who's huge right now. Um, he said, you know, photography is what you do and you don't know what to say. And I think that's a good description of visual art in general. I do you have time for another quick story? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, okay. absolutely. So, so I'm walking with my camera all the time. And now with the cell phones, I mean, it's like even easier. But um, Emma's now ready to go to colleges. And so we had, our, we had a thought where she belonged. And she had a thought where she belonged. And so I just kept taking her back to where we thought she belonged. <laughs> and yes. um well she wasn't really talking to me that day let's just say and she's like moving ahead of me like she's a fast walker anyway but she clearly you know didn't want to be near us and i'm like fine you got here we'll see how the day goes but i took a lot of photographs that day and now you know she did eventually go to that school she's gone she's gone i'm doing this painting series of a figure like bigger and then smaller, smaller, smaller. Like there's oh. a, it's a series of four and they're about 32 inches. And when I finished it, I realized there's a metaphor for her leaving the house for good. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's great. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, it doesn't always happen, but it's just, it's interesting when you pay attention like that. Sure. Sure. And then that's something that, yeah, your audience doesn't need to know, but they could feel, and they're going to say, it's about the isolation of the subject, you know, whatever, alone in the world, all that interpretation that happens around your work. But it's such a personal story and very specific to being a mom, too, there. It's kind of awesome, you know. Right, you're, not there. you're not there yet, but those are, <laughs> those are really strong kind of feelings when you... Yeah, I mean... Well, when my son went, when my son went to kindergarten, my I said he's not going to college, son. <laughs> she was all sad. <laughs> so I think we'll have some meltdowns here when there's college. Oh boy! Oh my god! Yeah, because can you imagine your life? Your life is so full of their every everything about them. Yeah. 
how short the time is. It's very short. It really is unbelievable. Yeah. Poignant. It's so it's it's great. I, I and so it's nice to hear how integrated your your artwork was with and not interrupting your your life as a parent and you know, or even your work life, but being part of it and integrated and surely now there's a different world. Your kids are grown and you have more time to yeah. create. And... But you know what? There's something about, you know, um the outer world. So I I like what Lois Dodd said when, when she was so I just finished reading this really good book, um, Ninth Street Painters, Ninth okay. Street Women. And it's about the abstract expressionists, the women who were right there next to the men the entire time and oh, wow. how they did not get their, their due, that they fought yeah. tooth and nail to try to get their due. And so Lois Dodd was of that time period, and it was asked of her, you know, how did you feel that you weren't, you know, you, know, you were thought less of because you were a woman? And she says, I just didn't go where I would be rejected. So she kind of found her path. And yeah. I think, you know, as a mother, I, did hi- I didn't talk about it that often. You know, I have a lot of hats. And I've learned that yeah. you can't be. I learned my lesson when I was at a magazine. And I was selling my illustration. Like, I went there with the portfolio. And I, as the woman was talking, somebody came in and said they need a production artist. So I, you know, I said, oh, I can do that. Because I would do anything. And she says, she turns to me, the art director turns to me and says, what exactly do you do? And I, at that oh. moment, I had the aha moment. People can't handle it when you can do more than one thing. So I've learned to compartmentalize. And, sure. you know, the children thing, I would never play it up because they put you in that genre, like a woman artist with a child. Sure. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that's, yeah, it's important to, yeah, really put yourself out as as an artist. You know, I there's all these categories. I, I think in music, it always happens so blatantly. You know, I think of my friends who are musicians. They're like, I do not want to define myself in that genre because then it means this, this, and this. And for sure, you know, being a woman artist who is a mom, very much so people want to say, okay, this is all about children and all about, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, no, no. You know, you can... This this doesn't have to be that, and and even if it is a story that is to do with your daughter going to college, it's you, you're figuring that out even after the fact yourself. So it may very well be you walking away from your family back in the day in that painting built in too. That's so the multiple levels of emotion, and then hopefully your audience will do what I really feel like the best art appreciators do, which is what does this painting mean to me? It doesn't. It's like it's even outside of the artist at that point. So. For it to become significant in the world, um, it has to mean something personal to that person who's admiring it, and that's really that's a good point. Know. Yeah, and then and then it doesn't. Yeah, you know, there's no need to label anything anymore. It's like that. Just someone's appreciating this thing that you made. You know, which is right. really key. <laughs> it is very key because you know um, having feedback is is essential. Um, unless you you know you you're only doing it for yourself but just getting any kind of feedback makes you feel like you know there's value in it yeah yeah and that's it you know it's it's weird being in collections of you know in people's private collections and what that means for me is it's literally in people's houses and i will never see it again (laughs) right but but it meant so much for those people and i've installed these things in people's houses and 
just to hear what it means to them. And I'm like, all right, even if I never see this again, even though I'm kind of attached to my own paintings and things, it's it's awesome that you appreciate it so much. And every day I know you'll appreciate it. And that's a gift. You know? Yes, absolutely. Plus it will travel, you know, like yeah. for instance, we went to Iceland um, a, almost two years ago and but the extended family, my sister's idea actually, and her son and future um, fiance. Um, but anyway, so I, of course, painted Icelandic glaciers and they're getting married and I, yeah, I wanted them to have it. And, you know, it was a shared experience and we both, you know, we all went to this place and it, it had to have done something, you know, mostly. Yeah. So Yeah. It's a way I was telling this to my sister also, like when my uh, grand nephew was born, he turned a year, I did a painting of him and, you know, Eventually, I'm not going to be here, but the painting will be. And there's something yeah. about that. Like, yeah, yeah, that legacy idea. I always talk about that, too. It's important. And it's, yeah, it's it's doing something that you have to do because you can't help but be creative, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. And so it's your, it, it's your outlet for that that finds its face in, you know, in jobs and, you know, commissions, but also in teaching. But really, there's those personal works that you just can't help but make because it gets it out in a totally different way in a more personal way and what a gift to to give it to someone and uh and and yeah and i was just thinking also so um a couple of things so um my son you know mark he's a sound he's a composer and when i had my last show of the bath series he composed music for it that Ah. that played at the same time as the um the show went on and you know it's just it's this collaboration that I can do with him. And he, you know, and he was here when the pandemic first hit. And I said, you know, you're here. Why don't you sit for a portrait? And during the time he sat for the portrait, we were listening to all his music that he had made when he was in high school, his thousands of songs. And I mean, it's just those kind of connections. And then my, my daughter, she just started picking up, um, or she does these line drawings like these, uh, for a graphic novel kind of quality, um, yeah. humorous. And she also um, uh, started doing watercolor. So when she yeah. was in Switzerland last year, we would Zoom and I would teach her watercolor. Like it just, it keeps coming. <laughs> it just Yeah, and it's those genuine connections too with, with your kids, with the people who appreciate your art. It's, it's all about that genuine human experience and you know, making something new in the world that never existed before, which is phenomenal awesome so thank you for being an artist and being willing to make another you know thing in the world a piece of media where we get to hear your story <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate you asking me and um i look forward to seeing your work your recent work and to hearing how your podcast you know continues on yeah so um and how can people find your work i know you have an instagram let people know what it is right, right now oh, sure it's um at andrea geller and my website which was uh, designed by my daughter, is www.gellerart.com. Nice. And your newest uh, thing, you have a show coming up? I have um, a solo exhibition at uh, Harmony Brookside, and it's located in New Jersey. Um, It's going to be May, I believe, May and June. And I'm also Emerge Gallery in Saugerties, New York, often includes me in his exhibitions and he is uh, also has a presence on artsy. So if you go to artsy and you put in my name and emerge gallery up it comes. So 
Nice. Thank you. Very good. Thanks so much for being here and say hello to your creative, creative family. I, I will say hello to everyone for you, Dennis. Yeah, yeah, well, well, through the years, we'll line one up at a time. We'll have like one one of your children a year or your husband. <laughs> somebody from your family. Oh, that'd be great. Like every, yes, every few months, you put one of the Jablonskis in. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. All right. Take All right. care, Andrew. You great too. to see you and talk to you. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to It's the Smallest Podcast! All right, Andrea Geller, great uh, conversation there. Her work is definitely out there right now. It's uh, when this uh, episode comes out. She has a show right now at uh, Emerge Gallery up in uh, Saugerties, New York. And also, uh, it's represented there on Artsy as well, artsy.net. You can find Andrea Geller's name and uh, either that or Emerge Gallery. And then also she has a show up right now in Mendham Township in New Jersey at Harmony Brookside. And that show goes on till July 3rd. Uh, so check them out. Both series are totally interesting. And, uh, you know, see the links uh, on StolenHours.com. And next week on June 2nd, our next episode comes out. This is with Dylan Clark from the band The Milwaukee's. Dylan's music and his backstory to all that music. We hear about it all in this conversation. And uh, definitely enjoyable. Before we get there, check out his music on your favorite music streaming platforms. And for sure, subscribe to this podcast. Catch the next one. Enjoy. See you guys.